Welcome to MoFo Perspectives, a podcast by Morris and Forster, where we share the perspectives of our clients, colleagues, subject matter experts, and lawyers. Welcome to MoFo's ESG Pathways podcast series. I'm Marsha Ellis, Global Chair of MoFo's Private Equity Group. In 2022, we surveyed 100 Asia-headquartered fund general partners with AUM of more than $1 billion U.S. dollars to gain their insights on how ESG considerations are impacting their investments in the market. In this podcast, Serena Tan, MoFo's Deputy Chair of the Global Private Funds Group, and Heidi Lui, Head of Investor Relations at Ascended Capital, explore what ESG expectations LPs have of their GPs and how GPs are responding to increasing demands from their LPs. We are very pleased to have Heidi Liu, Head of Investor Relations at Ascendant Capital, join us today to talk about ESG investments and the growth of GP accountability to their LPs. Thanks, Serena. Hello, everyone. Very glad to be here. Heidi, ESG investing is evolving in Asia. The popularity of certain ESG considerations in Asia, such as climate change, electric vehicles, and clean energies, as well as development in government policies in various Asia markets like China's and India's net zero commitment, and the ESG reporting guidelines initiated by Singapore and Hong Kong, have all contributed to a growing interest in ESG in Asia for private equity houses. Would you share your views on the current market? Sure, I'd be happy to. The LP views on ESG has definitely been evolving. So from a few years ago of thinking, ah, this is really important. Please, can you do something about it? Report on it. But nobody had any idea of what information people wanted, how they wanted it to be laid out. And everyone only had quite a high level list of the items they were interested in, to now over the years, I've seen the questionnaires become more detailed, and we can talk a little bit more about that later. In a nutshell, GPs have increased and embedded ESG considerations into the running of their own firms, as well as into investment processes. They've put in more time and effort and put in dedicated staff to providing regular and systematic reporting on ESG performance to LPs. They've also started establishing more robust policies and procedures to prove their commitment to ESG values. So as more GPs and LPs recognize the importance, and this is particularly visible in Asia in the last year or two, In prior years, it's been more in the European markets and then spread to the U.S. and now moving into Asia. Everything is developing in a positive direction. I totally agree with you. In the current Internet age of unlimited information and transparency, labeling something as ESG-related without clear data to verify the claim no longer sits well with investors. Hedy, Can you talk about what expectations LPs have had on their GPs in relation to ESG in recent years? Sure. I would start from a few years ago, maybe five years ago. Our European LPs were the most focused. And the way they did the process, it was an educational process. And we received materials which were essentially textbook-like. And so it started with this European LP 
and they had a showcase of their European managers. So in their booklet, they would run through what they were aiming to do on all of the E, S, and G components, and then they would have multi-page coverage of each of the European GPs. And so it showed what framework each of them was working off. It had a summary of their ESG policy, and then it also had case studies of what they did for each portfolio company. So there would be one or two examples of how the GP implemented their framework and policy within their portfolio. And at the end of the exercise, all of their investee GPs would be asked to complete a questionnaire. And then there would be a score that came out at the end. And each GP would know the average number for their region and how they placed on the different metrics compared to their peers in the region, as well as how the different regions compare to each other. It was true then, and it's true now, that the European managers are ahead. US and Asia are on par and catching up. And so as everybody has improved, this ranking has remained. Asia has improved, but so has Europe. And in recent years, I've seen the questionnaires improve in granularity. And also in prior years, the questions would be a quick yes, no. And they were, do you find this important? Or do you have a written policy addressing this point? Very interesting. Through our work, we have also seen that LPs and investors have begun demanding more valuable insights into whether GPs and fund managers are moving the needle on ESG principles. Fund managers are now expected to integrate ESG considerations into their operations with concrete action plans. They are also encouraged to demonstrate good corporate governance, both at the organization and fund levels. It has become part of the investors' considerations whether the fund managers will actively disclose, measure, report, and provide dialogue on ESG performance. Of course, having a written policy is easy. It's the implementation, it's believing in the value, it's living it every day. That's difficult. And so, for example, on the gender side, the questions have evolved to ask about, do you have flexible time arrangement? How many people in your office take advantage of this arrangement? They ask about the gender, they ask about parental leave. So I find the change in wording quite important as well. Instead of maternity leave, it's parental leave. And so there is a better understanding and more awareness of different arrangements, different people's lives, and an effort to accommodate the way that people live. That's on the social side. The environmental side, I think, has always been pretty good. It's more measurable. Are you polluting? Are you following the laws? Are you saving power? And on the electricity and power usage point, that kind of relates into carbon footprint and climate change is becoming more and more important. So a lot of the LPs will separately have a questionnaire and requirements on climate. And so we find that interesting and difficult to comply. 
because we're not receiving the information from our portfolio companies in order to report on climate and carbon footprint in a very accurate way. So on the carbon side, we're still in the early days of figuring out how big the footprint is, how to address it. I think globally, carbon footprint and measurement and trading is also still in development days. So we look forward to growing with the learnings of the market. So Hedy, from the perspectives of a GP, what are LPs requiring you to do to impose their ESG requirements on your portfolio companies? So LPs do have two levels of requests. One is how we run the firm. And second is how we ensure that our values and what we've laid out in our own framework and ESG policy translates into what portfolio companies do. And so our own investment focus areas are industrials, advanced manufacturing, consumer, and in healthcare. And so each of these different core pillars allow us to have different opportunities. The most evident one would be industrials. And so with our industrial companies, I find it very practical and workable. And this is something that we've been doing for a long time with our portfolio companies in that if you want to be environmental, it's quite easy for it to be positive to the bottom line as well. If you have more efficient production facilities and arrangements, if you have more efficient energy usage, if you have better insulation and so on, then naturally you can bring down your power costs, you can bring down other costs, you can bring down labor costs. And so that has been in place for us for a while. In consumer, I find that it's become more prominent as the country evolves and grows, and there is much more focus on environmental and social and well-being. Companies themselves are aware of the brand equity and the value that focusing on ESG can bring to them. So here, it's becoming easier for us to meet in the middle. We'll raise something or we'll see what the company has been doing. And they often have quite interesting initiatives, right? working with the community. And so we're pretty happy to see how things are coming together there. Over time, I'm expecting it to become easier to work with portfolio companies as the whole world comes together to face all the challenges that the world is facing. And we can see even small or big changes that we're making can impact the world. So one thing that we're doing is we're working with our consultant on putting together a detailed subsector KPI list of what we need to be looking for from different portfolio companies before we invest and what we track during investment. And so we will also have more quantitative reporting when it comes to what has changed and how much has changed during our holding period. Very interesting observation. So Hedy, what additional requests can we expect from LPs in the near future? I think LPs will continue to improve and become better at asking questions which get to the core of, are you living the spirit of what you say you believe in and you want to achieve? I look forward to seeing that and improving and receiving these questionnaires and thinking, ooh, that's a good one. Great. This has been a really interesting discussion. Thank you, Hedy, for sharing your valuable insights with us. Thank you. Happy to be here.
We hope that this short podcast has given you some insights on what ESG expectations LPs have of their GPs and how GPs are responding to increasing demands from their LPs. The MoFo Global team is here to help you with all aspects of your ESG journey, including advice, training, and insights. Contact us on ESG at mofo.com. To learn more about the MoFo ESG Asia Funds Report, to take our online survey, which helps GPs benchmark their progress on their ESG journeys, or to listen to more editions of our ESG Pathways podcast series, visit our dedicated page on mofo.com. Thank you for listening. Please make sure to subscribe to the MoFo Perspectives podcast so you don't miss an episode. If you have any questions about what you heard today or would like more information on this topic, please visit mofo.com slash podcasts. Again, that's mofo, M-O-F-O dot com slash podcasts.